0: We're back with the RB Summit, the second annual. You can support us as we look to be a leader in this space and grow the format. Drawing attention from both the fantasy space and college football fans, campus to Canton leagues are the most immersive form of fantasy football. You have a college team and an NFL team, and when your college players declare for the NFL draft, they're added to your NFL roster. It's really... That simple. So whether or not you are a, a longtime supporter of ours, or this is your first time tuning in, we welcome you. If you didn't know, campus is the website. campus is on YouTube for your eyes. And campus to canton is wherever you get your podcasts for your ears. So this episode will be in two parts. One public and one available only to Campus to Canton subscribers. So if you are not a Campus to Canton subscriber, please go now to CampusToCanton.com and subscribe. It's just $2.99 a month to get started. This is the Running Back Summit. You can go back and listen to the Quarterback Summit. Next week will be wide receivers and tight ends, I believe. And then the week after that, we're, we are going to be giving away preseason awards. So if you want football, if you want more football, you have to keep it locked right here to Campus to Canton. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Turn on your notification bell so you never miss any of the content that we're dropping. Matthew, before we get into, and I'm coming to you first with this first question. Before we get into the running back class and the strength of it, uh, the strength of, of running backs in college football, I want to look back. A season, um, because it was interesting with the Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller dynamic. Isaiah Spiller really sliding more than people expected. What, if anything, can we learn from Isaiah Spiller's slide? We're talking about a player who was a first round pick in Campus to Canton startups over the last three years, Power Five producer, productive as a true freshman. What lessons can we learn from his draft day slide that we can apply to this this next batch of running backs? I don't was he productive
1: in his freshman season? I know he's really he he really kind of jumped up his second year. I felt like his freshman season was kind of bad. I, I honestly don't know. And I'd be very curious to see if anybody has a real answer to that. I mean, I think some of it was definitely the system. Maybe we overrated how great he was with his footwork after working with the footwork King after his freshman season. And we saw that take a jump forward. And I feel like that narrative really propelled him because I don't remember him being very highly ranked for the most part for a lot of us until we saw that. And then it was like, Oh, Hey, Isaiah Spiller might be better than Brees Hall. And I don't think that was ever really the case. So that's probably it. Again, I don't think he's as bad of a running back as the NFL draft took him in the fourth round. I think the testing was what really kind of screwed him on that, and we just can't know that. I mean, he did not look that slow to me, at least, out on the field. We never really had any verified testing up until the Combine, so I don't know that there's necessarily anything you can really take away because I think the traits are there. I think he's an overall good running back. Maybe we just need to... Devalue the system? I don't, I really don't know. I, I don't know that Spiller did anything wrong, if I'm being honest.
0: I'm going to jump in here and answer my own question. Um, one of my concerns with Isaiah Spiller, and this is after doing a deep dive with Jared Wackerly and Nick Whalen on the um, Dynasty Nerds channel, is that he was a 225 pound back that did not run like a 225 pound back. You could see him get tackled by cornerbacks. You could see him, you know, be essentially dragged down. So he wasn't a big play strength guy despite that size. And um, I didn't think that he was necessarily great at the second level. Breaking tackles. If you're not going to be a, if you're not going to, you know, be a thumper at that size, you got to be elusive. And he wasn't that either. What he was good, in my opinion, is finding cutback cut, cut back lanes on outside zone runs. He generally found the hole to get to the second level, but wasn't elusive once he got there. And I think with that type of player, they need to play a certain way. If you are Braylon Allen, you need to run through people. If you are, you know, Jameer Gibbs, you need to run past people. And uh, Isaiah Spiller's play style didn't match his body type, at least in my opinion. So that would be my takeaway from. Uh, Isaiah Spiller. And that's what I would watch for with this running back class. So I'll take, you know, I don't know if anyone else has to weigh in on that. You have led off two shows now with that question. What can we learn?
2: And I think just some of the takeaway on some of these guys is that we're just going to miss on guys sometimes. And it's some of it, like sh- maybe, maybe should we be more wary of, of lacking testing numbers? Maybe. Should we be you know uh, will we talk about the quarter like but some of these guys you're just gonna miss on like I don't know if at the end of the day there's sometimes a greater lesson than just like hedge sometimes like I, I i i think it's it's just difficult to to uh to say i mean we're gonna talk about a bunch of guys here tonight and probably three of them are gonna be crap this year i mean that's just the nature of the top 10 of the position every year some guys fall off and somebody's got to
1: replace them at some point. So what you're saying is when we're on these shows to so be more like Austin and not like Matt, don't go all in. Just just measured approach. Talk about players with the possibilities. But don't be like Quinn Ewers is the next Tom Brady.
2: You know, all is in is all in is not bad, but I've never bet that someone can kick me in the groin on any of our shows. I mean, I want the platforms bet, so. and I don't have the intent to ever do that.
3: So that's on probably sure where things. I draw the line.
1: Only on sure things.
3: I think one other thing too to note here is we weren't the only ones hyping up Isaiah Spiller, like the fantasy community. Like there was like some decent buzz in the NFL draft community for him. Like he was consistently mocked on day two, you know, round two, you know, round three ish. So I think that was a miss on everybody's part for Spiller. Um, You know, and, and I think that, A big part of our fantasy analysis, like, you know, going into the next level is what is that projected draft capital going to be? And we really only have our gut instincts, a little bit of historical trends based on some schools and size, and then the mock draft communities to go off of. Like, that's just such a huge unknown component, and that's going to contribute to a lot of misses.
4: You know who knew Isaiah Spiller was going to fall in the draft? Canvas Cam contributor Noah Hill's.
3: There was enough exactly. data
4: there that Noah kind of nailed the Isaiah Spiller profile. Um, like he really dug down to that data. And that I think he's one of the examples where if some people think the tape doesn't match, maybe dig into the advanced analytics. And we saw the box counts. We saw how inefficient he was compared to teammates. And I think that translated into uh, the Chargers taking him round four. I, you know, there was a lot of – it wasn't a lot of people, but some like Noah like took that data and he, he knew what he was doing with it. And I, I think that it mer- was a good marriage of film, film analytics to identify the flaws in his profile.
3: Noah and I are no longer speaking after his um, salad comments and egg comments the other day. So I just want to put that out there.
0: College referencing Debbie Debate, which you can find on the Campus to Canton podcast feed, one of three or four four podcasts that we have going daily there. I should probably set the stage for tonight's conversation. This is the uh, running back summit for Campus Canton. Our top 10 running back rankings, here they are. Bijan Robinson, number uh, one. Travion Henderson, number two. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, number three. Nick Singleton, the freshman at Penn State, number four. Zach Evans, the TCU to Ole Miss transfer at number five. Will Shipley, the sophomore there at Clemson at number six. Braylon Allen, we should probably talk about that. Uh, The the sophomore at Wisconsin, number seven. Tank Bigsby, number eight. Sean Tucker, number nine. And another freshman rounds out the top ten. Jadon Blue at Texas. Austin Nace, Jameer Gibbs versus Bijan Robinson. Is there any chance... Now, this is a Leonard Fournette versus Christian McCaffrey situation where Gibbs' usage in the passing game could potentially vault him into a tier unto himself, despite the fact that when you're looking at uh, Gibbs versus Robinson, you're going to say, hey, Robinson, that's the running back. But do you think that Gibbs' play style could potentially vault him above Bijan?
2: It's an interesting discussion, and I'm, w- I'm really interested to see – Gibbs in a competent offense because I think a lot of these like you know he's not the most efficient rusher but he's a really good receiver type of guys that we've had recently have like they've all come out of Competent offenses. You know, McCaffrey, Stanford was a pretty solid offense when he was there. They haven't been recently. People forget that. But they were a decent offense. The other guy that I think of that comes to mind right away is DeAndre Swift. And again, Georgia was a pretty competent offense uh, when he was there. Gibbs was at Georgia Tech. He was the whole offense. So I don't think we really have a good idea if he's on those guys' level yet. I tend to compare him to Swift just because they're only a couple years apart and they're kind of similar. And I still think Swift was the better prospect of the two. A little bit bigger, I think, just as good of an athlete, just as good of a receiver. I mean, he was like Georgia's best receiver. I mean, so I bet like Gibbs would have to do that for me to be that level of player. Where, where Bijan, I think, like we already know, like I I don't think we have that many questions. He's used pretty well in the passing game. He's not better than Fournette was, if you want to use that comparison. Um, I've calmed him a lot to like girly. I think that's kind of the back. He is like slightly less physical, but slightly more dynamic in the open field is kind of the trade off there. So I don't think there's a chance. What I'm basically trying to say is I don't know that there's a chance that Gibbs can catch him or if there is, we just don't have the data to really know that yet. It's a lot of projection with him where we don't have to project that with Bijan because we've already seen him be very competent as a receiver, basically put the offense on his back as a rusher. Um, and just, quite frankly, be, be, be really, really dynamic in pretty much all phase. I mean, people, he reached kickoffs as a freshman, too. Like, he's a, just a, a dynamic, dynamic back.
0: Colin, Colin, I want you to weigh in on this question, but we have a question from Shane uh, in, the, in, in, in the YouTube chat here. He says, are the rankings best based on CFF production this year? So explain uh, how we can get our uh, campus to camp rankings for the running back position, and then, again, weigh in on this question.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So the rankings that we're talking about tonight are Campus to Canton based, C2C league based. Now we do have rankings up on the site for uh, CFF. So that's going to be based on CFF production solely. Now with Campus to Canton leagues, you kind of have to balance the idea between, you know, what is their future prospects look like versus what production are they going to have in college? You know, you want, obviously the unicorn is B. John Robinson, in this case, where we we really like his pro potential um, and we can get into it a little bit later, but I think he could potentially be a round one running back. And then, you know, he's going to have production there this year at Texas as well, whereas a guy like, um, you know, just going off of somebody else who's in our top 10 here, Nick Singleton. He's probably not going to have that much CFF production this year. He's more on the Debbie side of things. So everybody's rankings are a little bit different uh, and how much they weight CFF production versus Debbie, but it's kind of a marriage of the two for these rankings that we're talking about tonight. Uh, In regards to the question that Felix asked, you know, um, can we see a Christian McCaffrey Leonard Fournette type of a situation with um, Bijan and Gibbs? First of all, I do really like the way that question was framed. Um, I, don't think it's an apples to apples comparison there because Bijan is a better receiver than Fournette was. Gibbs, not while a phenomenal athlete, I don't know if he's gonna have. I don't think he's gonna have this straight line speed and everything like that that um, McCaffrey did. So it's not quite apples to apples, but just them being the top two backs in there. These are the only two guys that we can really see at this point going. In round one, Um, I I like the way that this was framed. But no, I don't see Gibbs catching him at this point. Bijan's just too complete of a back.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that 100%. I actually think the size thing could be what holds Gibbs back a little bit from getting that first-round draft capital. We've heard all offseason that he's a little bit smaller than what he's listed at. And while I think he's special enough that that won't matter, Pigeon's already NFL size. That's not going to hold him back in any sort of way. While I expect Gibbs to go out there and absolutely smash this year for Alabama, we have seen even as special as he is that the NFL can devalue some of these smaller running backs. So I don't know that we're, Take our summit this time last year where we were expecting, you know, Gibbs listed at over 200 pounds with his receiving ability and and how good he is as a runner. We were like, okay, both those guys may be first round picks. I have a little hesitation on that side with Gibbs now. So I would still put Bijan up there just because of the complete package that he is. I I don't think that it will become close. Also, because I think. Bijan could honestly outproduce Gibbs this year in that offense. So I, I think that's the only way Gibbs catches him is if he just completely outproduces Bijan. I don't think that happens. But
0: yeah. I, Chris Moxley, regardless of whether or not he can catch Bijan, is he a first round draft pick? I think that that's a big question.
4: Jameer Gibbs? I'd be shocked if Jameer Gibbs is oh, a yeah, first round draft pick. Shocked. Like, legitimately, very surprised unless he weighed into the combine. I'd be pretty surprised, um, to be honest. But I think Bijan's going to be a first-round draft pick. I think... I think... Bijan's a great receiver. Like, we've all been talking about this. Among Power 5 backs last year, he ranked 12th in average depth of target. That's really, really good for a guy like Bijan, who is so multifaceted and such a great rusher. He was ahead of Jameer Gibbs. Obviously the offense isn't really compare. Is it really comparable? I think Jameer Gibbs is a better receiver. but Bijan Robbins is really, really good at receiving too. I don't think that should be discounted. They, I just don't see a way that Jameer Gibbs can jump him, especially with that. He's not like a guy who's 220. Like, like Bijan is, it's just, a, it's just a tough sell.
0: Matt Bruning draft capital is very, very important for these. I mean, we see what happened. We talked about Isaiah Spiller. We want guys who are going to be day one, which is really the unicorn. I mean, you're not going to get a ton of day one running backs, at least in this era of the uh, of the NFL. But day two is essentially day one for running backs. We need players who are going to be drafted in the second or third round. That said, which of the top 10 do you feel is most likely to fall out of day two, out of round three? And how many in the top 10 do you think are potentially day one.
1: I think there's right now, based on what we've seen, two guys that I would put in day one. uh, I've been saying that since last year, and it's, it's Bijan and it's Travion. I think depending on what Braylon Allen does, I'm his biggest detractor. If he continues to improve, I think he could, based on his size-speed combination. I would not be surprised if he ends up in the first round. And I also think Singleton could as well, based on what we've seen from high school. Now, obviously, there's a lot of projecting there with Singleton, so I wouldn't put him up there. For me, I would only feel comfortable really saying Bijan and Travion. Out of our top ten that could drop out of day two draft capital, I think Sean Tucker... Tank Bigsby, uh, Donovan Edwards are probably the three for me. Uh, you know, obviously, Tank could go out there and absolutely ball out this year. If that happens, I think he's easily a, a day two guy. Sean Tucker, really good, but I know that we don't necessarily care about all these NFL people, people who are plugged into the NFL putting out these mock drafts, but you don't see Sean Tucker mentioned anywhere in the top four rounds. I do think that somewhat, Matt, like he's nowhere and say what you want. I do think the fact that he plays at Syracuse may work against him as well, despite how great of an athlete he is and how good he was last year. Takes a little bit of a step back this year, possibly even comes back for another. Like, I just think there's a lot of questions around Tucker. So those two, and then Edwards, just based on, we haven't seen him necessarily be a great inside runner. He's a great receiver. And I don't know that the NFL will value him then as a high end day two draft capital running back because of that.
0: Austin, I want you to weigh in here on the same question, but Todd, a longtime supporter of ours, asked a really good question. Isn't Jameer Gibbs' pass-catching ability already baked into his ranking? If it weren't for us forecasting his receiving ability translating to the league, wouldn't most have Bijan and Travion in a separate tier?
2: I think we do. I think most people do, Um, is my initial reaction to that question. And that's not like a, (laughs) Haha, gotcha. I I think people genuinely kind of view Bijan and Travion differently than him because they have the size, we've seen the rushing ability, and they're pretty good receivers too. Um, I don't think Gibbs is such a weird way to to phrase this. His pass-catching ability is baked into his ranking, but it's not – what's holding him up there. What's holding him up there is we're assuming that he's going to show that he's a competent rusher this year. Cause if he doesn't, then he's going to drop precipitously. It really doesn't matter. So I think it's actually almost like the inverse of that. Like, yes, his, his receiving ability is, is baked in, but it's not what's keeping him so high. I mean, it, it is, but it isn't what's keeping him so high. What's keeping him so high is that we think
4: that he can do the other things too. Eventually. He's Alvin Kamara. You want me, you only throw it out there. He's Alvin Kamara. That's what he is. He's Alvin that's Kamara. Aaron. He's Aaron yeah. Jones. He, Yeah. You, whatever. However you want to go on that spectrum, he's Aaron Jones. He's Alvin Kamara. He has elite contact balance at 195, 200, however you want to put it. He is an excellent receiver. One of the best in the country already. I think he proves that at Alabama this year. Is the pass catching upside baked into his cost? Absolutely. The pass catching upside is his whole deal. Pass catching upsides are what win you fantasy league. So I don't care if that's, of what his upside is. We're not vaulting a 200-pound back who's only getting into the top 20, top five. We don't see that. We're vaulting a potential Alvin Kamara, potential Aaron Jones, that potential Christian McCaffrey even. That is a dude that we're putting up there. That is who Jameer Gibbs Gibbs is. And he deserves our respect as a rusher as well.
2: I think the difference between all those guys... I think the difference between all those guys in the... The the road that is littered with with similar profiles is that those guys are all at least average NFL rushers as well. Though, like that's kind of the threshold you have to hit to hit that Gibbs, kind of fantasy upside.
4: You don't think Gibbs? Is he might be. Like an,
2: he might be. I think he probably is. That's why I have him I, I, ranked third overall. Oh, I think there's he, just a there is a chance rusher. that he isn't though, right? Which is why he's not in the Travion and the Bijan.
1: I, I think even if you take away that part, and Mike just mentioned it in the chat. Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara are a good 20 pounds heavier as well, listed coming out of college. Again, that ma- we've seen that matters for these NFL GMs. We may not care about. I mean, dude, like say we- he was listed at 195 in Alabama. Alvin Kamara was 214 when he came out of college. That matters. I think, I think
4: gives up gets up to 205 and didn't Aaron Jones weigh in at 208? Yeah, or t- I or
3: think two so.
0: like twelve or that, something. Two hundred seven. It was sub two ten. So was yes. LaShawn McCoy was sub two ten also. That's why I think, and I I hope I have his weight right, but I, Gibbs could be Brian Westbrook ish, or or, or uh, Austin Eckler, um, very good, very good, and very productive fantasy players. C- Colin Decker, I want you to weigh in here because we haven't heard from you. We have to get day two draft capital i mean we have to get day two draft capital from our running backs or do you agree with matt are there any other players that you could see potentially in our top 10 potentially falling out of out of uh round three and who would you identify as the potential i mean a Bijan's there as a potential day day one first round nfl pick. travion singleton Who would you put in that category also
3: Yeah. So Bijan, Travion are the only two that I think are going to be day one guys. I don't know if I'm going to see Nick Singleton get there. He is athletic enough. Um, He's got the size. So if he displays pass catching, like I'm not going to totally rule it out, but I think it would be a surprise for me at this point. And I think Matt really nailed it with identifying the two most likely to drop out of day two contention, Sean Tucker being from Syracuse, um, you know, Chris and I had a discussion about this months ago in the discord, and it's a little bit of chicken and egg where, you know, yes, we haven't really seen a, a skill position player from Syracuse drafted day two, since I believe it was like 2000. Um, it was like 2000, 2001 ish. Um, but they also haven't had any players really worthy of that draft capital. So, it's a little chicken and egg there, and it's a little bit too much of a gamble for me. So that's why I have him a little bit lower. Um, and then Bigsby, again, too, you know, nice freshman year. Struggled last year at times, you know, battling some injuries, potentially. And then it was a mess of a coaching staff, too. So we'll see how he bounces back. Those are probably the two biggest names. One other name I think potentially to keep an eye on as a guy who could fall out of day three Uh, or out of day two is Zach Evans. And that's more along the lines of if there's something in that past that gets uncovered and that scares NFL teams off. There's been a little bit of rumblings about some off-field stuff at times. Um, I don't put as much credence in that. I think he's kind of past that. I think we would have heard more specifically about it now. But if the NFL does hear about that, it wouldn't totally shock me if he falls down some draft boards. You know you just
2: perpetuate that every time you say that, right? It's a good point. Just throwing that out there. I've never heard that he's killed anybody, but <laughs> but I haven't How heard that he like
1: has. I haven't heard he hasn't killed so, somebody. <clears throat> Is it really just the the curfew thing? I mean, because I do believe – there's also a lot of rumors that the reason he stopped playing at TCU was because of the firing of uh, – his name is
3: completely
1: – Gary Patterson.
3: Well, and some high school stuff too that we uh, don't it was really high school. know what We've happened. all done dumb stuff in high I school. I agree. I agree. Maybe and, like, not
1: Moxley. Moxley seems like the guy who was just really cool and laid back. The rest of us probably <laughs> did a lot of dumb stuff in high school. So, like, I can't – He also had the
0: extremely – he had an extremely late uh, commitment. Extremely mm-hmm. late commitment
1: but that was because of the high school stuff, right? Like we, I, I don't know that we should let that stay with a kid forever. Like eventually I'm, we I'm gotta... not,
3: I have him as my RB five. Um, I'm Austin's not, but... the only person. Not, who's higher but, than yeah. me. Not,
1: I was but... trying to
3: throw out another name as somebody who could potentially fall out of day two. Uh, and if it were to happen for Zach Evans, that would probably be the reason is they uncovered something that we're not aware of. uh, Chris
0: Moxley, we had the RB, the quarterback summit two weeks ago, and I think in our top five-ish at the quarterback position, there are some guys with some extremely, extremely high ceilings. C.J. Stroud, Bryce uh, Bryce Young, Caleb Williams, Anthony Richardson could be potentially be a, a guy that can win you fantasy leagues. How many of those guys do you see at the running back position? Is it just Bijan? Is he like the elite guy who could potentially? Or, I mean, or is it Travion? Is it Singleton? Is it Zach Evans? Like, if you, I guess, what I'm trying to ask here, Chris, is if you had to compare the quarterback position and the running back position, which one would you be more excited
4: about? I think that's that's actually a very good question. Um, I love the top three at quarterback. CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Caleb Williams. I think that's an elite trio. I love the top two at running back. The duo of BJ Robinson and Trey Van Henderson are probably two of the best backs we've seen in recent recruiting cycles. I mean, Trey was like an unworldly recruit. He, he had, I think, a a comp to Christian McCaffrey on 24 seven. Like this, he was a legit dual threat option. Um, I do prefer the rushers because they're just in their own tier of their own. And I don't think we're going to get enough rushing production from Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, where they're going to be like top five quarterbacks every year. I do think they're going to be very solid top 12 quarterbacks. I do think Bijan and Travion both have RB1 potential every single year. So in startup drafts, I'm taking those two before quarterbacks, because I just think they have a are the positional finish of Numero uno in their profile, while the quarterbacks don't. Caleb Williams does, but he has a lot more risk.
0: Austin Nace, Last year, you were very much Mister Bijan Robinson at the one hundred and one. Bijan Robinson or uh, C.J. Stroud?
2: I'm still I'm still Mister RB one hundred and one, and I would still take Bijan one hundred and one. He's a year away from the NFL. You're going to get a good year this year. Uh, you know, barring injury, which could happen to anybody at any position that we're talking about, I think he's about as nice of a, a lock. And the nice thing about like running backs is like, they like, I just, I like having those guys early in a C2C draft. I think you really just kind of, your roster fills out around those guys. So give me Bijan 101 and give me Travion 102. Those would be my top two picks. If I had one of those top two picks, those, those would be my, the two guys I'm looking at, unless it's like, <laughs> Some sort of weird format where you got to start a bunch of quarterbacks, or like the quarterback scoring's ridiculous. I it's those two
0: uniformly around the board. I'm seeing everyone shaking their head. Everyone's on board with that take, or else. Colin, Chris, Glad we yeah, got yeah. agreement. Look that. at that. I, give I, give I, yourselves I, a pat on the back.
1: I do agree, and I'll add to that. On I've said this before. I don't. I think as a college community, CFFC 2 C, we we raised C.J. Stroud and Bryce Youngs level a little bit more than it should i don't think either one of those guys are top 12 dynasty assets at the quarterback position when they get into fantasy due to the lack of rushing upside and while i think cj stroud is a really good passer you've got to be like volume wise justin herbert to be able to produce as a top fantasy quarterback so i think that limits him whereas austin was just mentioning with the running backs like Outside of an injury, those guys do nothing but gain value when you're that good as Bijan or Travion. And I think you can take guys later, like a Devin Leary. It is the first time we've all agreed, Dylan, 100%. Uh, You you can grab quarterbacks later who may end up getting NFL draft capital that are going to be just as good as those guys. Because the one thing we've, I think, all learned is that – the NFL is not very good at predicting the success. And I, you are completely wrong on that, Nelly, on Kayla Williams. Um, we're not talking about QBS from the NFL. Can we right boot here.
2: somebody from the YouTube viewing room? Is that, yeah. that possible? I'm going to call uh, somebody. We, I'll, I'll be right back.
1: Outside of uh, the NFL, does of not do a very of good course, job. Of course, Michael, uh, so uh, Michael Nelly Nelson. We
0: don't either. Michael Nelly Nelson, a co host of Debbie Marketplace, Debbie Marketplace uh, co host by two of our friends, Shane Hallam and Kane Fissell. And Michael Nelson is on that show also crushed that so. sauce draft earlier this week fuck yeah man. um <laughs> here at campus DeCanton, canton this is our second year in the company and in in, in in this second year we have produced three guides for your consumption that's a lot of content and i'm setting this up for whoever's going to actually do the giveaway just take it away from me um all right take, i'm C- taking it away taking it away taking it away take it, hold away. On, take it away hold Mute. on let me Mute. let me set the table here the cff guide the Freshman and Supplemental Draft Guide, and the Debbie Guide. I think that's about 600-plus pages of content that. for you. Um, we It's more it's more than that. We are absolutely you know trying to produce and trying to be a leader in this industry. And so we are going to give away one of those guides tonight for those viewing. I don't know how we're going to give it away. And so I
4: am handing it off now to whoever's leading that. All right, I was trying to take it earlier so that I could just give it to you, y'all, quicker. Here's the deal. Comment in the chat in the next 10 minutes. I will choose one of y'all that commented. You can't be an NIL member. You get all your all three guides for free, and you barely pay anything for yearly membership. I mean, you already got a sweet deal. You get a guide for free 10, whoever whoever comments in the next 10 minutes, I'll call you out on the show, and then I'll tell you to DM me or the Campus can account. Let's do it that way. Next segment. Let's rock and roll.
0: L- let's rock, rock and roll here. Uh, Austin Nace, Deuce Vaughn, go.
2: Oh, why does this one have to come to me?
0: Because Noah Hills swayed you
1: to his side, apparently, recently.
2: Maybe he did. Maybe he did. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, I've been really skeptical on Deuce. I'm a pretty big proponent. Like, I'm trying to get rid of all the variables that I possibly can early. Like, size is just a big one that I think it's generally pretty easy. Like, we generally know what the NFL likes. We generally know what, you know, each position, kind of what they want the height and weight to be between. So, I think that's – and and height's not one you can really fix – um, so, so that that's usually an easy one to rule out. Deuce Vaughn is like five, six, five, seven. Even that might be generous. Like he is just visibly tiny on the football field, but he's just been so damn good. Like what he had like eighteen hundred total yards from scrimmage last year. I believe he had over fifty receptions in a college season, which is ridiculous for a college uh, a running back. That that does not happen very often. I just I it, it with him. It is all just about isn't NFL team going to value what he does enough to take him early enough and to give him a role early enough where he can get on the field and just kind of be him like like Darren Sproles, which is the lazy comp, but also not lazy because they both went to Kansas State. They're both tiny backs. Can Vaughn go somewhere like the Chargers early in Sproles' career where they get him in on punt and kick returns, where they design plays specifically, not just little dump-offs like where he's like the fifth option, like plays where he is open passing or receiving the ball and then obviously build upon that from there that's always been my big question with him Noah laid out a really good case on a hero RB show from a couple weeks ago I and it's a good case like he's been one of the most efficient backs like in the past like decade in college football like his historic comps are just it's like Gail Sayers was on the list if you're on a list with Gail Sayers you're and Marshall done done something you've done something very very good it's just like those guys come around so rarely, like it's just so difficult to actually buy into that.
3: Yeah, I, I think with the thing with Deuce Vaughn is all of those statistics that Noah threw out, which which that was a great episode. That was probably one of my favorite ones that he's done for the Hero RB show. If you haven't listened to that one, definitely go listen to that one. Um, he lays out a lot of great cases there, but no matter how you look at it, Deuce Vaughn is going to be, an outlier. I mean, if, if going into the NFL at that size just does not happen, you know, now, can he be Darren Sproles? Can he be Tariq Cohen? Can he be somebody like that? Yes, absolutely. Especially nowadays where offenses are tailoring skills uh, the, they're tailoring offenses to skill sets more than they're trying to force players into specific roles. They're designing roles for these players, who they weren't doing that years ago. Um, So I could absolutely see an offense building out a role specifically for Deuce Vaughn because he is that talented. It's just difficult to bet on that. You know, you're, you're taking a risk and some people more risk adverse, some people not, but it's, it's going to be a really interesting case study this year. Colin,
0: Colin and Austin have referenced the hero RB show. Noah Hills is an excellent writer, excellent producer of content. At Noah More, Noah More Parties on Twitter. He's a contributor to Player Profiler. He's a contributor to Breakout Finder, and he's a contributor to Campus to Canton each week, doing a full breakdown on each of these running backs. And he doesn't believe in a lot of players, to be honest with you. But he believe he believes in Deuce Vaughn. So if you are not subscribed to Campus to Canton's podcast feed, wherever you get your podcast. Need to change that right now. Um, Matt Bruning, can I come to you with one of your rival players, Donovan Edwards, consensus running back number 11? Now, I feel like a lot is riding on Donovan Edwards and what he represents for Michigan, which is a maybe a fantasy relevant player. He's been comped to Alvin Kamara. Um, as you sit here today, do you think Donovan Edwards will ever be a back that we start on the NFL side of our campus to Canton leagues? In other words, this is a confidence question. How much confidence do you have in Jim Harbaugh in Donovan Edwards, given that that program and Jim Harbaugh over his collegiate over his career coaching college football has not produced a whole, a, a ton of guys who we want to have on NFL fantasy rosters?
1: I'd say 50-50 because of the receiving upside. I mean, Colin and Austin just talked about how much Deuce Vaughn could have a role, What how good he was as a receiver. Obviously, Donovan Edwards hasn't put up like anywhere close to those kinds of numbers. But we've we've seen how successful this running game can be. Jim Harbaugh loves to run the ball. I mean, if you go to look at one of our great tools that Jarek has built out, you go look at the college coach tool. And like every single year for Jim Harbaugh outside of 2017, he's over both lines on neutral run rate, which is over 50%, and success rate. Hassan Haskins last year had 270 attempts for 1,327 yards. Blake Coram up there with 144. Haskins is gone, so this is going to be a backfield of Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards, and I just think Edwards is the better player. Is he a little bit undersized compared to the guys that are going to be top end backs? Maybe. I mean, he's listed, I believe, at six foot two oh two on Michigan's roster, so it's not. It, it's he it weighs more than Jameer Gibbs. Maybe he's not six foot, but I think if he can put on a little bit of weight, and as we just mentioned earlier, when I mentioned the fact that he's he's not really shown us a lot of inside rushing if he's actually able to succeed in any kind of way that we've seen Hassan Haskins do in that offense and he puts on a little bit of weight, he's also coming from a school like Michigan that's going to get some pub because of the name on the helmet that I think he can get day two draft capital again because of just the receiving alone. If he improves at all in the rushing department, I think he ends up being a day two
4: draft pick. I don't necessarily disagree either. I thought he was a pretty dynamic wide receiver last year. Didn't he have a 10... reception game he had a really impressive game where yes he did yeah yeah that's what i yeah, thought he like he ten, had a 10 reception 100. game. like that's pretty hard to do as a, as a freshman let alone anybody like you do not see a lot of running backs have 10 reception games so i thought that he was impressive and i have him ranked in my top 12 because i think that he's a player who could be dynamic there are legit questions about his game and i i am will fully admit that i think he's one of the guys like Matt said, and I think Colin said as well, that could fall out of day two in total. But there's enough there plus the system to really um provide a lot of interest. And while I do have the floor, I'm gonna give away my guide. My guide, since you know, I get to give it away, I get to I get to make these decisions. I ran everyone through a random number generator. Jay Haggard, come on down. DM me or DM the Campus Canton uh, Twitter account. Either one works. You got a free guide. I believe you were one of our, our earliest dudes in, in our Discord. So if you already have one of the guides, then your choice of the other two. Let's do it,
3: dude. And Chris is at ChrisMoxley19 on Twitter. I made that mistake that's uh, probably, uh, last probably That's
4: probably important yeah. to know, yes.
3: <laughs> I made that mistake last week.
2: What Chris, I think Moxley. Jay and I had DM
4: before
2: though. So, oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you like DM'd like a random Chris Moxley thinking, oh, Sam, I see. Oh, no,
3: no, no, no. I made that mistake when we did the QB Summit. I didn't say my uh Twitter handle at one point and somebody didn't catch it. So, they DM'd the campus to Canton account. So, that is always an option. But if you'd like to reach out to Chris directly at Chris Moxley 19,
0: good call. Uh, Jay Haggerty, yep, go ahead and reach out to Chris Austin Ace Rapid Fire your confidence level on a scale of one to 10 in Donovan Edwards? I'm going to say six. I'm not allowed to expand on it, right? Just six? You're not allowed to expand on it. Just six. Donovan Edwards, a six. Um, Has anyone's process for evaluating running backs changed at all from last year to this? I mean, I, I feel like Kind of touched on this a little bit at the beginning, but Matthew Brunan, you're shaking your head vigorously. So, if anybody's
1: been listening for a year, you guys know I love me some vision. I don't count that as highly in my my rating anymore. Really haven't worked out for me for the past two years. No, I am Jefferson, baby. (laughs) You know what? He looked really damn good in those two games for Detroit. Say what you want. Anyways, uh, no, all joking aside, I, I do. Running back is probably the one position I've put more value into some of, as we mentioned earlier with with Isaiah Spiller, the testing numbers and some of the advanced stats that we get from guys like Chris and Jared and some of the stuff that Noah talks about because I do think that helps build a better profile than what you see on film because I think the one thing with film, what you can see, in my opinion, like their vision, lateral speed and some of this other stuff, I don't know that you can necessarily equate the – how great that system is for some of those running backs, the offensive line helping or hurting them as much. So I do think some of the advanced stats help there. So I've, I've tried to put those a little bit more into my analysis and I have the past couple of years why I've relied almost a hundred percent solely on the film.
3: Yeah. And my process has changed a little bit here too, but it's just more as I'm getting more and more familiar with CFF and just you know, soaking up as much knowledge as I can from guys like Chris Moxley and Nate Marquise, uh, Jared Palmgren at the site, Brandon Sanders, Chris K recently joined too. Like all of you guys have just really helped me to uh, learn more about, you know, what to look for in the college game too. I found that the college producers have been creeping up my rankings. Now they kind of populate more in like the middle section but I'm moving them well ahead of some of these other guys who are stuck in committees at power five schools that we don't know if they're ever going to break out. If they do, man, they could hit, but we don't know if those players are going to break out. So I have been moving those players down and the CFF players up my rankings. Um,
0: Jay Haggerty is giving a free guide. The guides are not that expensive. $20. A piece for the guides. However, if you are a yearly NIL member, and I think that that membership is seventy nine ninety nine, you get all three of those guides for free, in addition to tools that no one else has. In addition to, I think we have a thousand players ranked now between the college and NFL sides. NFL sides. This is just year two, people. Seventy nine ninety nine, and we've got partners that you can go listen to their podcasts and get a, a, a discount, a little something off. Go listen to Dynasty Trades HQ. Go listen to Rookie Fever. Find out what the promo code is. Sign up. And if you do sign up, shoot me a DM at Sharp Review and let me know that you signed up as a result of listening to the RB Summit today. If you want to support us, we've got t-shirts, we've got merch. Let us know that you are a member of this army. One of my favorite t-shirts, the Austin To Be Honest shirts. And I feel like Austin hasn't used that phrase as much since Matt and I stole his name, image, and likeness and put it on a t-shirt. Nonetheless, the t-shirt is there. We've got Campus Cam. We've got all kinds of gear. I'm work.
2: I'm working on trademarking that, kind of like Ohio State was just able to trademark the. So once that goes through, I will start using it a lot more.
0: Smart man. Yeah. Smart man. Yeah. Before we get into... Um, this kind of plant your flag or call someone out. That's what we're going to do. that's where, that's what's coming up next is uh, Sheesh Sheesh is in the chat sheesh. asking about Devin Achain. uh Colin, you're shaking your head. can you can you talk to me about this speedster down at Texas AM who by all accounts was much more productive on the field on a per touch basis than when Isaiah Spiller was on the field. Tell me how tell me what you feel about Devin Achain.
3: Devin Achain's a guy that I like uh a lot. I mean, he is just an absolutely electric sprinter. I mean, he is a all SEC track sprinter, his hundred-meter time is like hundredths of a second off of Olympic qualifying time. I mean, this dude is legit fast. If there's anybody who's going to break the 40-yard dash record at the combine, it's going to be him now with that. And with his track background does come the biggest concern. And that is his weight he's listed at 185 pounds. Now I believe that the reason he's still only 185 pounds is because of his track career. And because it's been so successful and you want to say trim uh, as a sprinter, you don't want a lot of bulk on there. If, if you're going to be competitive to that level. Now, The hope is once he decides he's done with track that he can put on weight and get up to 195 to 200, somewhere right around there. If he can get to that level with his speed, with his ability between the tackles, which I was actually pretty impressed with, uh, with his receiving ability, his list of player comparables is actually fairly impressive. You got guys like CJ Spiller. You have guys like CJ2K, Jamal Charles, all th- like those types of guys are within his range of outcomes. So I like Devon a lot, but he is not for the faint of heart because of that weight. If he cannot get above 185, 190, his NFL future does look a little bit more slim.
0: Well, maybe we'll hear Devin Aychen's name uh, again in one of the next two segments. As I got thunder rolling behind me, and we do apologize if, if the audio has been poppy. We we've asked uh, the the chat here, and they said that we're good, but we have heard you know some popping in our headphones tonight. So if you get that, we apologize. Whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening listening to the podcast version later on, call them out. Just one uh, really quick, real
3: quick.
1: Felix. Really quick to answer, answer Ben's
0: question.
3: Go ahead, Colin. <laughs> go ahead and read the question. Yeah, and let me up. answer Ben's question yeah. here. He Ben asked, can I upgrade from scholarship and to NIL, I assume, and get the guides at any time retroactively? The answer to that is yes, absolutely. Um, now, if you do upgrade, I'm not sure if those are going to populate into your guide download section on the website. That's something we've been kind yes. of working for If you don't see those in there, email us and I will email you a copy of the guide. But we will make sure you get a copy of the guide no matter what.
1: And just to clarify, it has to be NIL yearly as well. Just so just so you guys know, if you go to NIL monthly, you will not be able to get all the guides.
0: You can get in at campus starting at three dollars a month. Not even three dollars, $2.99 a month. You show me a better deal. In the fantasy space, than what it is that we have to offer at two ninety nine a month. We've got, I think, four hundred and fifty people in the Discord. I mean, it's there's a lot of content there, and most of which we give away for free. So support us just for that reason. Um, Chris Moxley, you are excited about the call them out uh, segment tonight, and I hope it's not me. I hope it's someone else. So why don't you lead us off here? Call them out. Call out one of us on our RB rankings.
2: No Alfred tonight, unfortunately.
1: Right, so I'm Which is a things? little bit of a shame because he he yeah. had quite a couple that I wanted to bring up, but
0: <laughs> yeah. I, we can still call him out, even though he's, he's not here. Out. We can still call him out.
1: No, nah, okay. I pivoted to, to two of you on here.
4: No, that's that's perfect, actually, because I was gonna group three of you together. Um Alfred, who's not here to defend himself, so we'll assume he's immediately guilty. Uh Felix. And I hate to do it again, but I gotta go after Matt Broody. Y'all have Tavian Thomas, running back at Utah in his fifth year, was second in the country in rushing touchdowns last year. Incredibly productive offense. One of the best offenses in the Pac-12. Or what? Why do y'all have him? Uh, Felix, you have him thirty. Matt, you have him twenty-five. What's he doing up there? And why do y'all? Why do y'all like him? What, you- tell Tell Just give me a, a quick explanation.
0: I was the guy on Ramondre Stevenson, was I not? I was the guy on Ramondre Stevenson, and I think that Tavion Thomas has some Ramondre Stevenson to his game. Big, thumper, nimble on his feet. Matt Waldman, I believe, already likes him. He has an NFL body. I don't care that he's in his fifth year. Utah has produced NFL draft picks at the running back position. Zach Moss, but still, they've produced – uh nfl running backs i like tavion thomas i don't know where you think that I, i'm not i don't think if you're saying i should have him lower he's an nfl player i was just asking I mean, if you had why you had him high that's all
1: i'm asking i th- i think he produces well at utah this year and there's probably i don't know that there's a man i don't i'm not that felix is saying there's massive nfl upside here but i think that there is some i mean and you say that but like, We all have him ranked within, like, eight spots of each other. So, I've got like, Austin has him at 28. Collins, the low guy at 35. Listen, I was just asking
4: why y'all liked him. And it sounds like like you like him because he can produce this year for you. Oh,
1: I 100% think he produces this year. Yeah.
4: Okay, so why do you have Jalen Glover, a four-star freshman, unranked? Felix has got him 224. You got Tavion Thomas, who you think is going to be a very productive back at Utah. And has potential NFL potential, whatever that means. I mean, he does, he has caught four receptions in his entire career at Utah. But we've got Jalen Glover, who's the one of the highest four-star backs Utah has brought in recently. He's short, he's stout. Apparently, we love this situation, though. Apparently, we think that there's great production coming this year. A four-star that's going to step into that role and then have a couple years of eligibility he has 220 plus players ranked. He has him ranked 224. This is a four-star back heading to a system that is excellent. That Felix said, it's produced at Moss. <laughs> it's produced other NFL backs in the past. Tavion Thomas might be an NFL back. So a four-star back that's going to have elite CFF production, this you can't get higher than 224 in Felix's ranks. And he can't get even ranked in Matt Brooding's ranks. And let, don't even get me a start on Alfred, who has 172. So I'll go first
1: here. I'm going to abstain from the question because I don't have him ranked. I don't know that's necessarily a bad thing. We you all have 170 other guys
4: ranked. ranked. He's not in your top 170. But
1: my ranking doesn't affect his ranking at all. That would be Alfred and Felix dragging him down from the so 170s to 200. So you don't believe that he's the top that's 170 That's intellectually back? dishonest. It's not necessarily yes. that I don't think right. he shouldn't be ranked, but I can go through everybody's rankings here in a minute and find out why isn't Justin False. Williams ranked for a bunch of you on Tennessee. There's a lot of players that are not ranked by everybody. You can't so find yet, that Not mind. all of us have I will,
4: 170 players. Ranked, I, and I, I don't Jalen have Dulles.
1: 170 players ranked, though. I have not 130, even 100 130. running backs. I don't have 130 <clears> either. <throat> I don't think. But even if I do, I, I'm just going to be honest. I don't, don't have ranked. I haven't had a chance to look at him, unlike maybe some other people here. I don't just go put players in my rankings just because. So I haven't gotten to him yet. I'll, sure, he made. He may deserve to be ranked. I haven't looked at him yet. I'm just going to be 100% honest. I just, so, you want to not I would just, for that? That's fine. But I don't have him ranked for that reason.
0: I think that, I even have, I can't man. remember his last name, Hunt, who is a back there that I I like. Uh, I even have him ranked. Listen, a man will admit and unlike Matthew's dance that he just did there. I don't know what the hell that was, Matthew. That was some bullshit. Um I, but I mean, no, I'll look it. at it because there's a lot of people in this space that like Javion Glover. I've even drafted him. So
4: I feel like he's doing the name
0: thing, name thing again. Chris Moxley. Trayvon.
4: It <laughs> yeah, it's Jadon
0: Glover. But, you know. Whatever. Both Trayvon, Rudolph, Randolph, Javion, Glover. You all know who I'm talking about. I will say Chris Moxley, and Todd said it uh, in the chat. You absolutely slow played. You you did a bait and switch with that one, which is very, very nice. All right, Matthew, since you're all hot and bothered about Chris calling you out, do you have or do you have yours ready? Oh,
1: I'm not hot and bothered at all. I, it is what it is. I I I guess no, I should that's have them ranked.
4: Don't post on online. I was mad. I was never mad.
1: Oh, I'm never mad. Uh there's two of them, and now I can't remember who they were. So I'm very intrigued by he's Collins so frustrated that he can't remember even who Felix's he's call. Felix's ranking is? of Travion Cooley. Colin, you have him ranked at 87. Felix, you have him at 123. The next lowest, I believe, is Austin at 35. And then there was another one, and I can't remember who it was, but it was the.
0: He's not the starter. There. What are you all talking about? They have like a trend He's not. What are you? Ta- why are we talking about School? Because they had he's a not st- starter. Play there.
1: Doesn't the transfer doesn't mean he's not the starter? He was very productive when he, he played. Is not last year. the starter. He's not the starter. So he deserves to be ranked why.
0: 123 and 87. He has no relevance. He's not going to be an NFL player. He's not going to play at Louisville. What are you hoping that he's going to transfer?
3: Matt himself, I muted himself. Well, Matt, I was looking Matt at is
1: just
0: all discombobulated. <laughs> because <laughs> girl,
1: Matt, he still has just... value. Like, you're sitting here talking about, like, I heard was a player here. I'll find someone, who was it, that you have, like, ranked absurdly higher than him for no reason. No, no, not you you no <laughs> we want to
0: talk about Travion Cooley. <laughs> no, I, Travion hey, look, Cooley if Moxley any got to throw you out whatsoever. that,
1: you know, you've got 80
3: other, re- or 224. How's Darius Ocean out? doing, by the way?
1: Yeah, man. like. You have other guys in here. I'm not going to go through the whole list that are not starters either. You have ranked much higher than you have at hundred and twenty three. There's not one hundred and twenty three running backs better than Travion Cooley. And I would argue there's not eighty seven better for college.
3: Um, Can I I jump in here and defend myself here? I liked Travion Cooley a lot last year. I had him uh, probably like around 40s or so, but like I alluded to earlier, I'm moving down these guys at power five schools that are in committees and we have no idea what their production is going to look like. Like, I just, I don't know. That's going to be a committee. It's going to be him, Jalen Mitchell and Tyon Evans. I have no idea who's going to lead that. I like Travion Cooley the best. I think he's the most talented, but I don't know who's going to have, what role there they're bringing in a five-star guy that they're in Ruben Owens, that they're, Payings presumably a ton. So he's probably going to have a role when he comes in. I don't know what Travion Cooley's role is in college. And if he can't get on the field and produce at Louisville, is the NFL going to think highly of him? So I, he's a guy that's plummeted in my rankings.
0: Good explanation there. Good explanation.
3: Matt, anybody else
0: that you want to call out? No, I'm fine. I'm not. Matt is giving us the silent treatment. Uh, Or is he frozen? Is Matt frozen? Or am I frozen? Um, No, I'm
1: good. I I have nothing to add. I'm I'm not going to go down the list of players (laughs) like Emmanuel Henderson, who is not even a running back, ranked ahead of him. You guys have Mohammed Ibrahim, who has no NFL fees. But it's whatever. whatever. I would
0: rather have Emmanuel Henderson than Travion Kula. When he switches um, to wide receiver like 7 McGee? It makes sense. All right, um, Colin Decker, anyone that you you need to call out. Please Man, let this, it be
3: mad again. Please let was, it be mad again. This, was, this was really tough. I, ha- I have one for all of you, and let me just start off with, with Chris's. You have 41 running backs ranked. How am I supposed to call you out on anybody? You have 41 running backs ranked <laughs> on the side right now. <laughs> Who am I supposed to pick there? <laughs>
4: I, I actually thought you were going to pick somebody pretty solid. Um, is Glover
1: is Glover ranked in his forty. I'm just like curious. Yes, he's okay. forty or forty-one. So good to know. Forty-one or forty. So he's the last guy you ranked. Okay.
4: Um, yeah. So well, so I have players ranked <laughs> up to forty because I thought that it was valuable to provide to our C 2 C extraordinaires because you know I only have 125 running backs ranked for the CFF side. So, you know, I think that you could do a little mix of Mac with that excellent tool that we got on the site, which allows you to do a slider between CFF and C2C. And I say, oh, well, you can see all my ranks if you slide it a little bit, because that's really the approach you should take. Just, mm. you know, I got a, I got a little bit of the game theory for the people who understand the value of the uh, the slider and our rankings.
3: OK, OK. Um. I'll make this quick on Matt here. Matt, you are supposedly the Quinshawn Judkins guy. You have him ranked the lowest out of everybody here. You have him ranked 45, Austin's the next lowest at 43. We have somebody, uh, Felix is at 18, I'm at 33, and Chris is at 38. So. Quinsan Judkins is not your guy anymore. And I'm sorry I like we're taking that, Doesn't
1: mean I have to have him ranked that
3: high. We're but but he you were the Quinsan Judkins guy. We're taking that away from you. Sorry. Um moving into Felix Quick. Um Felix, I had two for you. I wasn't really sure which one to go with here. I'm going to go with Carson Steele, ranked inside your top 30. I mean, this is a dude at Ball State. He's ranked 29th for you. He wasn't even that productive last year. Like, he was fine. You know, he was he was solid. He, he was a starting caliber running back, but not 29th worthy for CFF production. What NFL future do we see from a running back from Ball State? Uh, what, see, that's matter,
0: the thing about the running back position. Uh, I think the guys that have NFL futures are not that many. And so after that, we're talking about CFF producers and who could potentially be in the MAC, the next Lou Nichols. Well, one Penny Boone, but after Penny Boone, you know, I think Carson Steele is a potential candidate. I think that the offense should actually revolve around him, and he was a freshman, uh, so you know, his he's gonna, he should play three more seasons. He could be a very valuable piece to have on your on the college side of your. CFF league, so that's my justification for that one. But I, to be honest with you, I have no idea, idea who I have ranked. Uh, around.
3: <laughs> um, and then, so, what was the other one? And then the last, oh, the other player I wanted to call you out on, yeah, 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 Gavin Williams at 23. Uh, running oh, back oh, for oh, I've already, I've already <laughs> called you out <laughs> on
0: Gavin Williams, sir. I called <laughs> you and Austin out earlier this season. I think Gavin Williams is a thick, stocky, bursty running back who's going to you know, probably be 90% of what Tyler Goodson was uh, last year at Iowa. And um, I just like him. I just like Gavin I There are some players that I'm comfortable being on an island on. One is Hunter Deckers. One is Gavin Williams. I have Gavin Williams pretty much everywhere. And for what it's yeah. worth, I believe Jason D. Rienzo of the Debbie Deep Dive podcast and Debbie Watch. He also likes Gavin Williams. So, and you oh, and time out. Let me just say this, Colin Decker. Let's not forget who called out who last year, and who you called me out on during the running back summit because you called me out on one um, Rashad, Rashad White. White and said, "Oh, a lot of guys." So, you know, let's let's see if history repeats itself.
3: I don't dislike Gavin Williams, but that's going to be a straight-up committee this year. Every all signs have been pointing it's going to be well, him what and LeSean like LaShawn LaShawn Williams.
0: Williams is small. Who and then Caleb Johnson is a freshman. It's not. I don't think that it's going to be a committee.
3: We'll see. We'll see. I had one for Austin too, but we ran out of time here. I won't take up too much more time. I'll let other people call people out.
0: We're running out of time because the second hour of this show is going to be for subscribers only where we post or we already have posted a link in the Discord. We're going to reset. We're going to interact with our, our supporters. And so if you are watching this and you say, hey, I want to see the second portion of the RB Summit, I want to support Campus to Canton, then become a subscriber. We've talked about the, surprise, the price uh, despite what Mike has to say in the chat it's the best deal in the fantasy space. So we're going to end this show tonight. We're going to end this show tonight, but we thank you all for watching. And again, please support Campus to Canton. Come join us in the, uh, in the um, uh, show for Campus to Canton subscribers. All right. Peace everybody.
1: So we're not doing my guys.